last. You're back, you incompetent egoist. Give me my file. This, the precious brain fluid, and I thought you were waiting for... Hold to open! Yes, and what do you do? Nasty creatures, vicious teeth, chew it all up, bone and all, all in one go. Claptrap. The talents of these geniuses should be harnessed to a superior vision. Oh, do stop squabbling and get on with it. Here comes the drums! So here it comes, the sound of drums. Hello and welcome to Pull to Open, where we do the sound of drums live in every podcast. And we are on a random quest through all of Doctor Who history. We're watching the entire show in extremely random and yet somehow not so random order. And my name is Chris Taylor. My name's Pete Paschal. And yeah, Chris and I are both writers, fans, journalists. Uh, We've been addicted to Doctor Who for a long time, decades at this point. Uh, We occasionally write about the show, but we always, always, always have lots to say about it and uh that's what we try to do here yeah and we we have a very special episode of pull to open today because <laughs> finally uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the other one's just just slightly special but this is this is on a very special episode of pull to open um chris is back in the uk visiting his family so normally i am three hours behind pete now i am five hours ahead of him in the uk and it, it turns out to be a very very fortuitous uh, Doctor Who story that we are talking about this week. The only Doctor Who story to be set in my part of the UK. But first of all, Pete, <laughs> give us a previously on. Yeah, previously I pulled it open. I'm sorry, I, I was going to whistle God Save the Queen when you said you were in the UK. <laughs> I just realized I don't know we, how to do that. We'll fix it in post. <clears throat> Totally. Um, but previously on Pull to Open, yes, three episodes ago, we were at Frontios, the edge of the universe, the edge of the space-time parameters in the TARDIS. The randomizer saw fit to pull us back into the 1970s, I guess. I don't know. It was the unit era. It was the Claws of Axis, yeah. which was a great uh, thing to reflect on at the very least. Yes. But it was also a great episode of Pull to Open because we had yeah. our uh, guest, Nathan Bottomley. Also a very um, special episode very special episode go back and listen to that uh nathan uh has his own his own pod podcast called flight through entirety so while you're subscribing to us go ahead and subscribe to his as well but it was a great time great commentary all around and then nathan's randomizer randomizer with an s not a z or z depending on where you're listening to this uh took us decided to take us to the romans so we bypassed yeah. our own randomizer used nathan's randomizer we went back to the classical period in 8064 where the doctor was basically a time meddler uh yeah. and led to and the burning of the city there so burn down rome doctor There's something so to answer for there we had to uh, skedaddle yeah. out of there in a hurry though and uh we're now at the mock of the ronnie yeah. season 22 serial three uh Season and interestingly enough, season twenty-two just came out on Blu-ray, I believe. Oh wow! Um, well, that might be a reason why the randomizer brought us here. Come to think of it, isn't that weird? Mm. There, there lots of lots of reasons, you know. Mm. Uh, sometimes uh, I think, oh well, you know, eventually this whole randomizer thing—it's going to be a bit of a stretch to find connections. Yeah. But we keep finding super spooky stuff, like me being here in the in the uh, in the place where. The Mark of Ronnie is supposedly set, wasn't actually filmed, but uh, but I am in George Stevenson country, and uh, the Mark of the Ronnie is is a lot about 
the one of the founders of the Industrial Revolution, uh, co-inventor of the first steam engine, um, George Stevenson. So yeah, he did a lot of stuff. When he, <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were uh, you were in George Stevenson's house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. or something. Well, uh, close to that, I am. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about this because you know uh, YouTube viewers, uh, which we got something to say about YouTube in a second, but. Um, YouTube viewers will, will notice that I'm not in my usual blue background and pull-to-open uh, framed poster behind me. Uh, I am, in fact, in a hotel room. The hotel room is in a 14th century castle. So uh, right. this would also have worked for uh, the State of Decay episode, I guess. Nice, yeah. Uh, Very castle Lots of castles castle-y, going on there. You know, there's a bit of a vampire vibe going on here. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lonely Not from castle. the color of your walls there, but I guess there's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell because you got the flat screen and you do have that <laughs> very um, old school looking light fixture behind you. Yes, so yes. Yeah, and you, you can sort of see behind me the uh, uh, the courtyard maybe, you can see the roofs. Um, the, Not there too are much light, courtyards. but the, the yeah. tapestry-like drapes are, yeah. are selling a little bit. That's right. That's cool. And you can definitely tell it's the UK because there's a kettle. Uh, on that windowsill. Um, we'll tell you what, yeah. take some shots of the exterior and we'll uh, <laughs> yes. throw them up on an Instagram story. Yeah. yeah. Come, come to Lumley Castle for, for all your cream tea needs. Uh, they mm. do great afternoon teas and they have a, they have a library, an ancient library uh, that's become a bar. It's fantastic. Cool. So are you feeling, are you feeling a little bit of that um, 19th century vibe somewhere oh. around there? Oh, definitely. You can't you can't be in North without feeling a little 19th century vibe. Unless you're in the North watching The Mark of Ronnie and you, you're wincing so hard at the accents that, uh, <laughs> that you, you're like, what? Especially as you're re-encountering those accents. Uh, but anyway, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get into we'll get it. To we'll get into it. Mark sure. of Ronnie. But we have, uh, we've had, we've been away for a while. We have. It's our first show back since uh, the beginning of June, I believe. And uh, yeah, we've we got some new reviews. We do. Yeah, we waited long enough. <laughs> guys, this is a podcast, as you know. If you haven't subscribed, there's probably a button somewhere. Go ahead and hit that. And in addition to that, you may want to leave a review. That would be very valuable to us. Um, if you are uh, know anything about podcasts, they live and die by the uh, reviews that they have on the Apple Podcast Store in particular. So if you don't mind, uh, hit the pause button, go ahead, leave a quick review. It could really be one word. It could be one emoji, whatever you yeah. like. Just go ahead and throw it in there. Uh, or yeah. you could write uh, something about what you like or don't like about the show, uh, as this person did. Someone named, well, the, the handle is Road Safety Instructor. Which Maybe is, that uh, actually is his name. You know, it could Mr. be. Mr. Road Safety Instructor to you. Initials RSI. Um <laughs> And Road Safety Instructor says, no matter if I'm driving or lounging around, this podcast always seems to find its way into my speakers. Mm -hmm. Mainly growing up on the new era of Doctor Who, the classic era always seemed like an afterthought when thinking about the series. This podcast mm -hmm. has helped to inspire my new fondness of all the classic era's aspects I once thought of as weaknesses. No mm -hmm. matter the cheap sets or dodgy special effects, I can now see the charm and care put into the classic era of Doctor Who. Special thanks to TikTok for bringing this wonderful Doctor Who experience in front of my eyes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's a great review, and I think it sort of highlights a number of things that we didn't expect uh, when we started doing Pull to Open. Uh, one of them being that we'd be big on TikTok, 
uh, <laughs> right. That that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and uh, one of the others being that, that we would sort of serve as a as a conduit, as it were, between uh, fans of the new series. I'm not necessarily going to say younger fans because they might, you know, a lot of fans of different ages of the new series, For sure. uh, who who have this experience of just oh you you know you kind of don't think of that 1963 to 1989 thing. You're kind of aware of it. You know, are certain ways it leaks into the new show, but you can easily watch the new show uh, without ever ever seeing a classic episode so yeah we're, we're glad to help you think about it yeah it's one of those strange advantages of doing this in such random order and mm. you know there's any number of podcasts out there that sort of take it on uh take on the series by going through it chronologically either yeah. from the very beginning or just the new era and that's fine those are great podcasts and one of nathan's is one of them by the way and uh, he's he's yeah. well well into the new era so uh he's he's done a lot um but doing this randomly, I think, is is sort of opens the door to different eras for different people. Actually, I actually know I'm such an old school fan. I know people who were fans of the old series and were just, oh, that new series is so lame. It's, uh, yep. it's Doctor Who and name only kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if we've reached any of those. Uh, it would be great to hear from you if we did, if maybe yeah. you were a classic series fan and maybe you've been that. convinced to check out the new series. That would be interesting, um, you know, if you haven't yet. But I do love that we're we're sort of functioning as this bit of a conduit of new Who fans into old Who, and I'm really glad old Who is actually available. <laughs> you know, whether it's BritBox or something else, um, you know, you can actually buy the old seasons now on Blu-ray, like I mentioned mm. before. Um, there's so many so many ways to find the show and appreciate it, and uh, mm. certainly I have, I guess I have a Mike word or two to say about BritBox uh, yeah. this week, by the way. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> specifically but, BritBox in the UK. We'll yeah, it. yeah. So, like, mm. here in the post-Twitch era, I guess, mm. uh, ever since the classic series was run there, we're, yep, we're kind yeah. of in a, a good way. There's a, there's a, there's demand enough for the classic series that uh, it's very findable. So we're glad to give people the impetus to find it. Mm. Indeed. So for, for our first 50 reviews, one of those first 50 reviews will win our prize. We've been steadily um, uh, winnowing down what this prize is. It's something that Pete has as a avid Doctor Who collector, uh, it is something unique. It is something you'll not find anywhere online. Very hard to find on eBay, right? That's that yeah. You that. might find it like on yeah. eBay or something. Yeah, like. it's, yeah. it's here and there. It's here and there, but it's it's a rare thing. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, you should love whatever this prize is. And what is it? We have narrowed it down to its new series, mm-hmm. or or rather, it's a the, this the thing in it is it straddles new and old. Is that I, yeah, I mean, Is that it, what we said? you could. I mean, it, it's from the new series, but you know, it's it. I, again, I don't want to reveal <laughs> too much, but yes, yeah. it, it, it's the thing. It also features in the old series uh, at times. Mm, okay, uh, and we narrowed it down to it's smaller than a bread box. That was Nathan's contribution. <laughs> it yep. is uh, mineral, uh, in animal, vegetable, mineral, and what it represents. Um, and uh, we did we narrow it down to a to a Scottish doctor or was it Scottish or no? Yes and no. Yes, because it and not no. only straddles old and new who it straddles doctors in new. Right. And then did I did I say Moffat or RTD? And um, did you? Did I? I don't know. I can't remember. Did we write I, these I, down? <laughs> you got to start <laughs> taking notes. Start listening to our own podcast, my friend. Tell you what, um, I could answer that question. Yeah. 
And if it if it turns out I already answered it, maybe you get a bonus question next week. Yeah. Okay. That? Okay. Uh, th- that's a All that's right. a cre- yeah. Do write in. Let us know, fans. Right. Uh, our super fans will let us know. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> they're already typing right now. Uh, and uh, yeah. So. So if the question is, the question, is it RTD is it or RTD? Oh, is it RTD? Yeah. The answer is no. Okay. All right. So something from the Moffat era. Right. Or the Chibnall era. Or the Chibnall era. Or the Chibnall era. But <laughs> but you did actually just confirm Moffat, so I think that we I think I've got my bonus. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Yeah, that's a bonus right. right there. Moving uh, on. Moving on to YouTube. <laughs> Things yeah. have been happening on YouTube. You may even be watching us on YouTube because we're we're growing like gangbusters. Yeah, we're yeah. also easier to find tiny, on YouTube. Tiny gangbusters, but still. Yeah, we've 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 had an upgrade to our YouTube experience. So upgrade. you guys can find us at youtube.com slash pull to open. That is our official YouTube URL. Um and of course, uh, all of our uh, current. Uh, when did we start uploading? Basically, we have a lot of episodes on YouTube of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We have all of season one, which was the non-random era. It was actually rather short. It was about five episodes of the podcast. And I've been promising someday season two will be up there. Well, that day has come, pull to open listeners, viewers. Uh, we will be uploading season two. Uh, when the, the random era began with, uh, oh God, what was it? Planet of Fire, right? Was that it? Planet of Fire, yeah. That's when we began our random journey. That was the very first random destination. So starting with Planet of Fire, in a few days after this podcast goes up, you'll see it. Uh, so this goes up on a Saturday. You'll see it on a Wednesday. And then on subsequent Wednesdays, you'll see episodes of season two go up. So we'll we'll stagger them out. We're not exactly stranger things here. Uh, we're going to do it week by week. Uh, so I'm sorry for those that love to binge. You might have to wait a while to binge all of season two, but it'll be well worth it. Cause we're also going to put on some, probably a few extra videos. Some of those early episodes, we, we, we had only just started doing the TikTok videos with planet of fire and we were doing like one or two at the time. Um, and we'll see if we can, now that we're going over the old footage, we're going to see if we can get more and more of those out when we Indeed. upload the, pull, um, the, the YouTube videos. And I believe that we we have the the TLDWs, one of our most popular segments. Yes. Uh, too long, Doctor Who. Too long, didn't watch. Where we summarize the show in uh, roughly one or two or three minutes. We'll we'll explain it when we get to it. But uh, <laughs> but they're they're pulled out. They know. Separate... Everybody knows. Everybody knows how this works. <laughs> um, they, they, you've you've pulled them out separately as as YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah, they're all in pl- a playlist. So we have a, yeah. a playlist. We you know conveniently called uh, our pull to open Doctor Who plot summaries. Um, and uh, you know TLDW will probably bring it up too because we got a tag on there. But yeah, they're all conveniently in a playlist. If you want to do them one after another, that's great. We've noticed people sometimes like to just binge those. So now it's super convenient for you. Yeah. Oh, and guys, you probably noticed this if you are watching this on YouTube, but we have a new opening for the podcast, uh, perhaps inspired by a certain movie franchise. Go mm. ahead and guess which one. Mm. Uh, so, or- would it be a certain movie franchise that Doctor Who is supposed to turn into next year? <laughs> That's what we're demanding. We are demanding <laughs> the multiverse. But no, it's, mm. uh, it's super fun. It was actually super fun to cut it. 
and uh, let us know what you think of it. Um, you know, we're always looking to to improve things and uh, give you guys a better experience. Related to that, related to the videos and everything. But if... you know, you know. Pete, oh yeah, go ahead. What what people often say to me though is, uh, what if I uh, can't stand YouTube and uh, but I <laughs> want to watch, I want to watch the video, uh, and somehow right. randomly I'm on Spotify. Is there any way we can watch you on Spotify? I have oh, well, well, I don't want to overpromise, but if all goes well, our first viewers on Spotify video podcasts will be seeing us right now. So what? we'll see how it goes. We, this... we, we haven't done this before, and we haven't done it yet now that we're doing it. So <laughs> if it doesn't happen, we might have to do some editing all around. But uh, it's... That the yeah, we're going to be on Spotify video podcasts, everybody. And so, if you want to watch us uh, instead of listen to us or watch and listen to us rather, uh, and you don't want to give your uh data to the big G in uh Silicon mm. Valley for some reason, I hear the big white team, uh, some people are not as into that. Uh, you now have Spotify to uh watch and enjoy, so enjoy. Indeed. And, you know, if, if it will happen, right? I mean, it's just any any uh, particular episode, it could happen. Um, and if there's any kind of podcast where it's okay to have a looser relationship with time um, and, and <laughs> deadlines, it's a Doctor Who totally. podcast. Uh, so, yeah, so that's uh, YT and uh, S. Uh, how about TT? TT is so good. Um, so here on the TikToks, uh, where we're most active, we actually haven't been active for a while. So uh, that said, we're, we we have hit 7,400 followers there, which mm. is great, uh, despite being on hiatus. Uh, still looking at 10K, keeping an eye on it. We'll definitely upgrade our presence there as well. Once we hit that big number, we're very confident uh, that we'll get there. And we've been out for a while, but we do have a TikTok comment of the week, or should I say month, I guess. Mm. Um, so the last set of videos we uploaded were all about the Romans and it includes this one from someone, uh, with the handle Josh Martell too. Um, so this was on the video where we talked about Eden Barbara and shall we say their, uh, mm -hmm. obvious intimate relationship Indeed. that perhaps at least, uh, began it's, in the Romans. Yeah, uh, as intimate as it could get in 1964 or uh, five or whatever that one was yeah exactly mid 60s so BBC. josh martell uh says i love how one of the river song big finish audios has river flirting with both ian and barbara it made me laugh so hard when i heard it which i was like i didn't even i i, I highlighted this comment because i didn't even realize that that happened yeah. I, i'm actually super excited to uh check this out now have we because i know it's it's the diary of river song isn't it that's the big finish series Right, yeah. Um, and she meets a, a doesn't quite meet because they can't quite do that. I, mm. I actually don't know how it goes, but like she apparently it involves old doctors, old companions. It does. She's pretty and, much worked her way through all of them. She gets around. Um, mm -hmm. Though she, I, I again, I, I, I haven't listened to them, so I don't know, but I assume she doesn't meet any of them because obviously it wasn't until Tennant that mm. uh, we actually, yeah, they, the two actually meet, at least according to him. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's well, you know, you can always you can always mind wipe the doctor. This is what we've learned. He's he's pretty erasable. Oh, does she have one of those like? Uh, yeah. What is that? Men in black. The men in black. Yeah, exactly. Look, you know, look into this stuff. thing. I mean, she does have. We know from the the husbands of River Song, she does have that that wallet full of of all of his pictures. So she's clearly That's been stalking. True. 
uh, all of his regenerations, at least post Timeless Child uh, regenerations. Um, yeah, <laughs> she's a time stalker. No, little does she know how much more she has to stalk now, and how much more variety <laughs> of stalking uh, she can do with the Doctor. Uh, only she knew. Uh, all right, I, I believe there may be one other question that has almost become its own segment. Wow, you're inviting it. Okay, I'm, inviting it. I'm bringing well, it. Well, I'm just here. It is, guys. You've you've been waiting. This is the moment you've been waiting for. <laughs> Chris, have you seen Legend of the Sea Devils? Yes. Oh! Ding, 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 ding. ding ding ding! Balloons fall from the ceiling. Confetti. Amazing. Yes, I finally saw it, and let me tell you why. I'm in the UK. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, required. It's actually it's, you can't get into the country. Yeah, I, know, they, that's one of the customs questions, I believe. They had to pull me into a little room out of customs and uh, just uh, make sure that I I had actually seen it. Um, so I did. I watched it on iPlayer. Nice. That's and, what you do there. Uh, that's what you do. That's what you can do here if you uh, pay the license fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, what do they do? Uh, what do tourists pay the license fee? Do we no, do? I don't even know. No, but my family has paid the license fee, uh, so I'm kind of piggybacking on that. And I've paid Got license it. fee in the past. Right. You know. Hide your ears, uh, government. What, what's the agency? <laughs> oh, I'm not even sure anymore. Uh, they used to talk about the, the TV detective vans. Uh, that was TV a thing in the vans. 80s. Oh, yeah. where they detect to see if there was, uh, you know, did they do that in the US as well? I don't know. We, no, but they you... did that in remembrance of the Daleks. So <laughs> we'll. Uh, We'll get to there. We'll get to there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, you know, Legend of the Sea Devils. Yeah. It's given how much you've downplayed it over the, it must be months at this stage, probably 10 <laughs> pull to opens since it actually screened. Uh, I I actually enjoyed it. Oh, wow. Okay. That's yeah. good. I'm glad yeah. you, you, you alone. No, <laughs> I don't want to be that hard on it. Um, yeah, there's some enjoyable was the stuff. greatest episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen. I mean, no, the uh, randomizer will bring us there eventually, but what, what was the thing you liked uh, the most about it? Um, I, I thought it was beautifully shot. It was. Um, yeah. It was pretty gorgeous. Kind of liked the, the, the main sea devil dude in it. Okay. Uh, he was pretty scary. Had uh, some good lines. He had some good lines. Land the, crawler or something. The Land. glowing sword was really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Dan the pirate costume, not, eh, you know, but it. It, at least there was a, there was a reason uh, for that. And the Doctor and Yaz, I think you, you did sort of hint at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was more, more Doctor and Yaz that I very much enjoyed about either the Daleks. Um, and uh, yeah, it really worked. It worked for me. Um, their, right. their relationship and also the Doctor sort of coming clean about, uh, the problem is the relationship had a kind of a kind of a nice uh, Highlander feel. I felt. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wants to live forever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. okay. Well, and the doctor narrowing it down to like you know, there's I just can't get tied down to anything. And uh, I I love that the line about uh, oh yeah, including my wife. I wasn't going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, yeah, very good. Uh, yeah. I love how Doctor Who does that. It sort of comes out and says things, and then it sort of plants a seed. I mean, we already kind of had bits of mm. that before, but it was like um, you can you can interpret that however you want. Uh, I guess it, the, you know she's talking about River, but yeah, um, it could be someone before or something. I don't know. 
or the TARDIS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's that too. There's, there's a lot of possibilities. You could unpack that in a lot of ways. But that is not what we are here to do no. this week. I'm stalling for you here, Pete. I know. Um, but I, again, it just goes to show lowering the expectations is really, really, where really you want to go. I'll say one more thing. That ocean floor mm-hmm. scene, absolutely spectacular. Oh, just how it looked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a good looking episode. Yeah. And the fact that the Doctor has finally sort of figured out how to put an oxygen bubble around the TARDIS, uh, you know, all these years after Legopolis, when uh, he was going to flood the TARDIS by landing right. on the <laughs> bottom of the Thames. Nice, nice to see that uh, he, he uh, that they don't let themselves do that anymore. Right, um, right. Yeah, so that was sweet. But yes, we are we are procrastinating on the uh, what is for many the the most exciting part of the show. Uh, which mm-hmm. is TLDW, too long Doctor Who, too long didn't watch, and um, we uh, we take it in turns, we and do. this week, Pete, I believe it is your turn. I was hoping you wouldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is my turn, um, and I guess I have to summarize The Mark of the Ronnie, the episode we are here to talk about, and I think this one is, I, I, we always say this, it's uh, probably... It's probably straightforward. It's probably an easy one. <laughs> but I feel like, one, it, it, that's never true. It's always mm-hmm. like the ones that you think aren't going to get you in trouble that get you in trouble. Yep. Two, I actually watched this one some time ago. Uh-huh. So now I'm a little like, oh, okay, now I have to remember what the actual story was. Okay, I think I sort of do. I mean, again, it's not, it doesn't have a ton of, you know, moving around different settings or whatever. So I think I, think I got it, but. It does we'll have see. a ton, a ton of insane rabbit holes you could jump down there. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, watch out for those. Uh, but this is a, it's a classic show. But it was uh, weirdly forty-five minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the one season and, they did that in yeah. the classic. And uh, we already encountered this with Attack of the Cybermen, um, uh, which shares an interesting connection with Mark and Ronnie. We'll get to that. Um, and uh yeah so we we uh we're generous and we give um one minute per 45 minute episode even in the new show it's it's more like 50. all right so pete you have two minutes in which to summarize the whole of the story of the mark of the run all right let me let me disappear all of my windows oh yeah yeah this is a very essential part of tldw no notes no notes all memory we are flying blind we can do this Okay, two minutes. Got it. All right. Are you ready? In three. It's all over me. Two, one, go. Okay, the TARDIS is pulled off course, uh, or encouraged to be pulled off course. I forget. They uh, they're going to go to Kew Gardens sometime uh, in the past. Uh, they instead go to somewhere in rural England uh, in the Industrial Revolution, and something weird is happening in this town uh, called Killingworth. And people are getting super violent and wrecking machinery. Essentially, these are Luddites who seem to be worried about their jobs, but they're not. They're actually being uh, taken and captured uh, briefly by someone who is taking brain fluid out of them so they can't sleep and turning them violent. Who is this? It looks like an old crone, but it's actually someone in disguise. It's the Rani, a time lady who is callous and, and has been exiled from the Time Lords, and the Master has actually tracked her down here, and he wants to basically form an alliance with her so that they can work together to create uh, a power base, some kind of platform so that uh, he can use Earth to conquer the rest of the uh, cosmos, Uh, but obviously they need to get rid of the Doctor first, so they 
uh, attract him there and then lure him into various traps with uh, the, the violent people and uh, through all this sort of uh, doing things at, in the town in the time period, the doctor encounters George Stevenson, who is actually getting ready for a gathering of geniuses, including Michael Faraday and Humphrey Davy. And the master wants to capture all these geniuses and use them as sort of the intellectual part of his power base plan. Uh, the doctor and Perry nice work sentence. together to stop the, the master and the Ronnie. Uh, they narrowly escape being turned into trees through these cra crazy tree mines that the Ronnie somehow has. Uh, and then the doctor has screwed up her TARDIS. So when they flee, the two of them, the master and the Ronnie, that the, they get uh, thrown into the far reaches of the galaxy. And these T-Rex embryos come out and from uh, that, that the Ronnie just happens to have in her console room and they're in danger. And the doctor and Perry give the brain fluid back to the people to fix the people and they leave. Hey, that was great. You, okay. you definitely you 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 got pulled off course. I think <laughs> at least once a few <laughs> times in that, uh, or you were encouraged to be pulled off course. Uh, yeah. And uh, but other than that, there were some areas of that where you're just flying and you you had it like you you I I watched this uh, yesterday and I didn't <laughs> right I couldn't summarize what the hell the master was doing in this. Uh, so you got you got that uh, you got you yeah. got the meeting you got the names of some of the other geniuses uh, right right well yeah that that always I found very intriguing like this is you know one of the most it's not a pure historical but it's one of the most historical yeah. episodes of Doctor at least it's trying to be and this it's is, trying to be yeah. <laughs> it's an important distinction it's got uh, ambition to be you know a little bit educational and I think it succeeds a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but when they mention those people, particularly Faraday, um, it's like, oh wow, yeah, this is um, this is an interesting idea to gather these yeah. people together. And I gotta say, not to start with the criticisms right off the bat, that is one of the weaknesses. Like, you never actually see any of those guys other than Stevenson. Well, pro probably a good thing too, because uh, Stevenson and Humphrey Davy fought uh, like uh, cats and dogs their entire life, and huh. would never have gone to a meeting together. Uh, really? Strange. Yes. So you know wow. the, da the Davy lamp. You know uh, the, the the whole world probably knows. At least the coal mining world. It's it's the first lamp that miners could use uh, without the gas from the lamp. You know, oh, igniting okay. an explosion. And it basically, Henry uh, Davy had this design with uh, mesh all around it. And uh, George Stevenson simultaneously came up with an idea for for a miner's lamp. Okay. And uh, oh, it had no. holes the mesh, and the, it was the patent and or the the yeah. accolade was basically awarded to um, uh, to Davy because he was an educated gentleman, and oh. George Stevenson was a self educated oik. Right. Well, and... as as he says in the episode at one point, mm. where he's praising Luke, who he thinks is going to outshine him as a genius because mm. he's had that. Uh, a better education from the start, but he had to he had to teach himself yep. essentially how to read and do do all the you know. It's, it's one stuff. of the few things that, the, that this story actually gets right <laughs> about George Stevenson. He's yes, he was a self made man. Uh, but okay, yeah, well, I, let's get it. Let's not quite. Let's yeah. a little early for Christmas history. Oh, quarter. sorry, let's sorry hold about on. That. We, so get, we can get into it, but I, I I think we should give a little background to the episode first yeah. and uh, yeah. set it up a bit. So this is the first story. That is written by Pip and Jane Baker, who were quite the team mm. uh, in sort of the Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy era. And I think they went on to do parts of Trial of a Time Lord yeah. and um, 
time in the Ronnie, which is the Ronnie's like second right. appearance. And they had, I will say this, they have some strengths and they have some weaknesses. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think the strength is honestly a lot of the characterization. I think they get a lot of, they understand character writing and they understand the characters they're writing for. Mm. Um, and when it works, as I think it does here between the doctor and Perry and the master and the Ronnie in, in various scenes, it's, it's delightful and, or fun or, you know, diabolical and depending on the scene, mm. what they get wrong, I think is, is for starters, some dialogue. I think so they're, they're not, they need a second draft on various things. And there are some dialogue disasters. Uh, I don't think by coincidence in all of their, the, the episodes mm-hmm. they've written. And they also just have trouble stringing all their ideas together, honestly. I think this one, there's there's a certain pointlessness to this one that seems sort of, it kind of never goes above a certain level of tension. You know, it doesn't seem to be leading somewhere. And then it just, it it sort of peters out rather than comes to a climax. And I feel like um, that, again, this might be just this adventure, but it is one of those things that if, your, your episode is feeling that way you really should take another stab at it yeah it's it is amazing that this made it through the process like you know how many people would have to be asleep at the wheel uh eric saywood supposedly hated right uh pippa jane baker and he, he was the <laughs> really yeah he was a script editor yeah 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 so uh he was not a fan but also it doesn't look like he's done that much to fix it I mean, this is just. I know. Yeah. It seems like maybe was he trying to make them look bad on some of the things? Because mm. there are just some blatant sort of Doctor Who continuity that Sayward should have caught. Like the apparently, I was uh, the tissue compression eliminator. Yeah. Um, it it never happen. shrinks anyone, not because they didn't have budget or made some decision. It was that they no one knew. Like the, yeah. apparently, the director Sarah Hellings, uh, no one told her that this thing shrinks people. Yes. And, that's, and so it looks like the master's just disintegrating folks. I mean, you think at least Tony Ainley should have mentioned it. Like, actually, are you going to put a doll here or something? Because yeah. that's what this does. I don't know if he, anyone's he told you. It does rather seem like he's phoning it in at this stage. Uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is just a job to him. And uh, he's not, he's he's the master as a parody of the master in, in this. And really, there was no point in bringing him in at all. Uh, I know that the yeah. Ronnie started as his assistant in their, in their writing process. Um, but she mm. clearly quickly outshines him, you know, even in, even in the script, I'm sure it's kind of obvious uh, that, that she shines, um, you know, you didn't yeah. necessarily even need Kate O'Mara, his, who is wonderful in this. Oh, she's I, amazing. Yeah. This is actually the first Ronnie story I have seen. Uh, Cause I'd not seen this all the time in the running. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I could understand the, the love that the fandom has for the Ronnie now. Uh, she's, she's got some of the best lines in this for sure. And she needs the master and the bollocks, <laughs> which is just, Oh my God. Wait, first of so all, long for so someone long. To do that. Someone, if only the doctor had done that all those years ago, just uh, the nards. <laughs> Boom. Done. Did what the doctor couldn't do. Uh, that is just such a wonderful scene. I can't even remember if he does anything to kind of even earn that. It's just she's so tired of him at this yeah. stage. Uh, so, so this is, of course, of the first canon confirmation that at least the master uh, has balls <laughs> um, <laughs> because they it's can true. be hurt. 
<laughs> there is something between the master's legs. That's, that's all we know. Maybe, maybe it's the fact <laughs> that he's actually Tremus from uh, uh, yeah. the Keeper of Traken, right? Well, I mean, but I, not also, to go too far down this rabbit hole. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. let's go down this rabbit hole because he does at some point <laughs> say, "I've got it." This thing kept safe. The thing that he's blackmailing, not blackmailing the Riley with, but the the sleep chemical. The anti-sleep cap. I mean, what, what even the hell right. is it? But you know, yeah. the the MacGuffin juice yeah. uh, is uh, something that he's concealing on his person. I've got it safe next to my hearts. He says both of them. Uh, right. So is is he Tremus? Is he a Time Lord? Is he is he bit of both? Right. Uh, you know, bit uh, of both. There's a lot of theories on that. So yeah. well, I don't know if there's a lot. But there's a couple. <laughs> Um, one is that it's Tremus's body. Like, you know, you could just say like, he's, you know, from Chalkin. So mm. who knows how many hearts they have, although they've never made reference to Nissa having two hearts. So I think you could assume one, um, or because he was, mer you kind of see the bodies merge on screen. Mm. It shares aspects of both. So it wasn't just like his mind consciousness goes into Tremus's body because there's a physical change too. He's right. younger with a different beard. Um, so I think you have to assume they, they sort of came together. That said, there's also the conundrum and I want to get into this a bit later. I don't, mm. don't necessarily want to rant so early in our commentary, mm. but there's the, the, the X factor of him, his body being burned to a crisp in, <laughs> Oh God! Uh, yeah, in planet, in planet of, fire. of fire, and he's back. So arguably, this is even a newer body, like either regenerated or reconstructed his body via either the numismaton gas or some other process. So maybe, maybe he's come back in Time Lord form, right? Uh, enhanced post Planet of Fire. We don't know. There's a lot of good theories on. It. I actually don't know if the, if anyone's filled in like a missing adventure there, either a novel, a short story, or a comic book that might fill in that gap on sort of how the master um, survived and then sort of what what that meant for him post Planet of... Okay, I'm going to go into my rant now. God, I can't. Do like, it, I mean, it, like, this is, a, like, it, it's a it's kind of a bad master episode for a lot of reasons. So it really shouldn't ways, have happened, yeah. uh, at least as a master episode. But the fact that they simply bring the master back after such a dramatic death okay. in Planet of Fire... Um, in which, I let us not forget, during that death, uh, the master says to the doctor, won't you even show mercy to your own dot, dot, dot. Right, right, right. So which... you think maybe that would be mentioned in his next appearance? No. Yeah, clarify that. And yeah. also, what? how did he come back? Now, look, granted, I'm going to just come out. I'm, I'm not... I'm not saying don't bring the master back, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm saying like, of course he's going to come back. He's always going to come back. We know this. It's part of the show. It's fine. But have some more respect for the fans and the people who are paying attention, you know? And yeah. I think I think the old era, and I think this counts as part of the old era now, but I think it's wrongly remembered by casual fans like, oh, they brought him back and he di or he died at the end of every episode mm -hmm. and they just brought him back anyway. Yeah. No incorrect that actually is not right he escapes like at the end of every perchwe episode or is captured mm. he, he he never actually dies in that yeah. era and he actually never actually dies in the the davison era like and, and the baker era it's always clear he escapes or there's some like we just talked about the end of the keeper yeah. of trocken yeah. even things like time flight 
or Castrovalva, you never actually see the character die. You yeah. know, there's never like an explicit like this guy got shot and died or was burned to a crisp and died as in like that doesn't happen except in Planet of Fire. They yeah. explicitly show him dying. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, I know I am sounding like Kathy oh, Bates in misery here. Bring it. I know, I'm sorry, but I mean, there is a this is a the point, legit point of view offense. You, 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 you ended with him burning, getting burnt to a crisp. Start there, and you don't have to show exactly what happened, but you at least have to address it. You have to have some line somewhere that respects the fans and the continuity, because otherwise, nothing means anything. And why am I? We've been watching this thing week after week. Okay, and, and I this think, is why I think I'm getting a little too. I've got to slow down. I've got I'll get some, take, take a breath, you, Chris. Take a breath. And oh. this is why Pip and Jane Baker are both in Pete's basement, uh, chained chained <laughs> to beds, uh, with typewriters in front of them, uh, until they write that one line. They, they've they've been tasked with doing a rewrite of the Mark of Ronnie, <laughs> Mark of the Ronnie that has this. Because you know what? Uh, I think you're right because it does. This is the one instance in which, um, you know, that it, it does it doesn't make any sense of the master coming back in the classic series, and that gave both RTD and Moffat license to mm. play fast and loose with the master dying at the end of uh, Last of the Time Lords, right? Uh, and yeah. then coming. Oh, back. They, they actually, but they also in the Last of the Time Lords, he 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 gives the whoever picked up the baton, and it turned out to be him, mm. the device. You know, yeah. it's like, here's the ring and the glass, and it's like, you can bring it back whenever you want. Yeah. And it's like, you know, okay, great. And they do. I mean, he does. Um, so, I mean, like, that's RTD, right? Like, he, there, there's that respect. And I'm sorry, I don't think Chibnall, uh, oh, and to a lesser extent, Moffat, have that same respect. I mean, Chibnall, you know, again, nothing against, like, I think Sasha Dewan is great. I think they've done some interesting things with the Master, even though I, it might not be the direction I would go in the Whitaker era. But it is like, they, they completely ignored completely ignored everything they were doing with missy yeah. and you know that we're not talking about those episodes right now but it is the same thing there was this whole arc with missy lots of questions unanswered they bring back the master and to proceed to answer exactly zero of those questions yes and uh you know fine fair enough uh but uh you know you're you're losing something there if you're not addressing it and yeah it's fine if big finish or the novels ended up doing it but we want I, I want to see it in the show you know the show is the thing that is the touch point for everyone and you know to see it addressed there uh would just legitimize everything and, and stop this sort of uh, the, the fuzziness of it if you know what i mean that mm. that sort of emerges when you have these gaps and as things get more fuzzy they just become more meaningless and yeah. i want more meaning not less we do want this as Doctor Who fans, right? We do think uh, that the show the show deserves it. And, um, you know, it can be weird and wild and wacky. It's a show about, a, you know, an Edwardian dressing professor type traveling in a box through time and space. You know, it's going to get wacky. But, yeah, make it, sure. make it a bit more consistent. Um, yeah. And also, so, so, yeah. So go ahead. I was going to say, just, just don't make stories boring like this one. Totally. <laughs> Well, it's also like it's it's not just like respecting the fans too. Yeah. Within this story, it's a missed opportunity because can you think of a more boring master reveal than the one in this story, That's where true. he literally just walks into a seat? 
Like, it's, that's it. It's like, here's the master. There's no unmasking. There's no dramatic thing that happens. Doesn't he start and off suddenly in he emerges or from the shadows. He's, like, he's sort of in disguise. I, I, all I remember is him suddenly just kind of, he's, he's outside too. Like, they did a lot of location filming for this, which yeah. isn't a bad thing. I think it was fine, but it was like, the, the master reveal isn't isn't even a reveal. It's just kind of like character walks on screen. And if you unfamiliar with the master, you'd probably be like, huh? Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. Like, you get no sense of moments, of gravitas. Uh, I think it's disrespectful to the character and just, you know, like I say, a missed opportunity to do something right. And it sort of makes you question, why is the master even in this story? Mm. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. yeah, it really would have been better without him. You, you'd have more space to expand on other characters like we we didn't even mention uh you know we haven't mentioned lord ravensworth yet we we mm-hmm. you mentioned luke once but like you know they neither of them were really necessary in the plot summary um also not really necessary is is any explanation of what the hell it is the ronnie's actually doing here and why is she doing it yeah and how well... is she doing it uh, this is the thing that this 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 plot itself is kind of like the motivation of the villains is kind of weak, at least mm. for the Ronnie. And uh, I, I feel like the the bakers didn't challenge themselves enough if they ever considered doing just a Ronnie episode because, you know, she's just there to get brain fluid for the planet she apparently rules on the other side of the universe because her experiments there have ruined the brains of those people and they mm. can't sleep. So she needs it here. So the thing is, once the doctor arrives, the Ronnie being this cold, calculating person, I think would immediately sort of calculate the ROI on what she's doing <laughs> doesn't match. You know, I, I, I should. She's not going to be bothered fighting the doctor, in other words, yeah. and spending resources. She just leaves. Like she has no yeah. reason to stay. Literally, um, just go around the other side of the world. Just yeah. set up a bathhouse. Anyway, well, plus or minus a few hundred years, you know, like uh, and, and just kind of like, you know, harvest a few more people. It could be like, uh, you know, the homeless area of Johannesburg or, <laughs> you know, way, uh, this, the slums uh, of Tokyo, like wherever you want to do it. We, we should talk briefly about the bathhouse thing, because this is one of the weirdest <laughs> thing about this episode. And perhaps why the Ronnie has become a gay icon, uh, because she she does <laughs> lure young men to a bathhouse. <laughs> Where oh, they yes. get uh, restrained, and uh, you know, she uh, removes their ability to sleep. Hmm. Mid eighties. Mm. What could do that? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. kind of an interesting thing. Uh, She's also got. She she could wear leather like nobody else. Oh my god! Like, Kate O'Mara nope. was a vegetarian, famously, but uh, she. <laughs> I I hope that's pleather, Kate. <laughs> because uh, uh, you're, you're going to get paint thrown on you um, if you exit yeah, but a restaurant she, in that costume. I mean, she looks fabulous. Uh, I got to say, like, her costume, uh, it's probably, like, like your eyes are on Kate O'Mara throughout this thing, oh, yeah. uh, even when she's a crone. And you're kind of wondering what's up with her. It's too bad, again, like, I think her, her, her story is less interesting. Her motivation is less interesting. And then she just kind of gets strung along by the master. Uh, and then sort of persuaded by him to sort of do her thing. So ultimately, you know, she's like, okay, I kind of like the idea of you ruling the earth and I'll just get as much brain fluid as I want. I can set up a whole freaking, you know, clinic yeah. On, yeah. in multiple places if exactly. you just rule this place. Yeah, I'll be your department uh, of health. Yeah, and so she she's kind of smart. I like, I like it when the two of them are together, there's a lot of good moments, right? Because she yeah. kind of, when, they're, when she's delighting and changing the doctor's lifestyle with the tree mines. 
um you know that's that's just kind of a good sort of cackling moment yeah so uh, let, let's talk about the tree mines <laughs> <laughs> why not oh my god the tree mines of the mark of the rani are like the, the big rat in the, the talons of Wenchang. uh mm. and, and it sort of you, you can perhaps see the sort of the interesting almost moffaty style idea here mm. Uh, you know, uh, you you turn animal matter into vegetable matter, and what's the difference? Like that's a nice sort of psychotic thing for the Rani to do. Yeah, in theory, I didn't mind it. Yeah, but it's the it everything else about the mines, uh, from yeah. the, the way that she's not really burying them, she's just <laughs> sort of a few leaves being pushed over, them. and we can see in many you many them. shots you can see them; they're fully exposed. You would have yeah. to not be, and and the, the Luke gets blown up. You know, Perry's in danger of being blown. The idea is that they they uh, they're going to unwittingly step on these things. Well, they're they're supposed to be searching for Valerian, for mm-hmm. for their sleep potion, right? Right. And so they are looking down at the ground. So they're clearly going to see these things sticking out the leaves. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's kind of like the director just thought we forgot. Yeah. You know, they had she, like, she had to constantly remind us. Oh, there's mines around, and there she's about to 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 step on one. Oh, there's one right there. It's like okay, <laughs> you know, like I, we we get it. There's yeah. it's a minefield, and you could have you could have done that through music, through, and they sort of tried here and there, but it was like eh. But yeah, yes. I, I like the idea of them. Like uh, like you said, it's interesting to think about Pip and Jane Baker, who also wrote. Um, did they write Terror of the Vervoids? I can't remember. Um, I don't know. So hey, what have what have we encountered uh, of theirs before I, I, on our journey? But I would say like it is it's just an interesting thing that there's a sort of a plant obsession yeah. here in the Colin Baker era because the vervoids end up being sort of plant like creatures that want to kill animal kind, right? And so there's mm. there's clearly kind of like a little bit of a I don't know vegetarianism uh, that then they, sorry vegetarianism is also referenced in the two doctors because yeah. of of shock eye and all this stuff. So there's I, I think it's a it's kind of a recurring theme here in in the Colin Baker era of this uh, strange respect and perhaps fear of plants. Yeah, <laughs> and it's very interesting that we come here uh, so soon after the Claws of Axis, which had you know spaghetti plant monsters, spaghetti mm. monsters that were very very vegetable like, and Axis itself was was very much like that, right? They did. Sorry, I just Pippin Jane Baker. They did write Terror of the Vervoids, so mm-hmm. they don't, the plant obsession could be theirs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Um, but, but also, they're just there's so much about this where you're just like Pippin Jane Baker. You're just as you as we would say here in the UK, you're having a laugh. You, are you having a laugh? You just the 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 playing fast and loose with everything. Right. Sort of, you know, uh, and the whole backstory of, of the Rani being exiled from Gallifrey because uh, giant mice ate the president's cat. Right. Yeah. Um, and took do, a chunk out of him. Do apparently. you think, do, do they think they're Douglas Adams or something? Is that what they think they're doing here? They, they, do we think they think they're funny? Yeah. And what, what does exile mean? I mean, she has a TARDIS. Mm. Mm. You know, so they gave her a TARDIS, or she stole one, so she's not an exile. Because when they exiled the Doctor, they did some things, right? You know, like, yeah, his TARDIS was there, but they made sure he couldn't use it. Yeah. And they seemed to pay attention to what he was doing, and here it just seems like they were like, all right, now she's the universe's problem, which 
<laughs> sounds like a bad way to deal with that you know like well there is i mean there's the fact that her name means queen right uh from, right. from uh, indian uh which is a bit weird uh for the show to go from doctor master you know the only rogue time lords we've seen so far doctor master rani uh <laughs> one of these things is not like the other uh great oh. that we are maybe giving more exposure to the indian language maybe it's cultural appropriation i don't know you you decide um yeah, but it does certainly give her an aristocratic bearing. So I like I like the idea that she is somehow a Time Lord aristocrat and uh, mm. gets gets a planet to rule uh, in in exile, and that that sort of you know kind of doubles down on the kind of the callousness of the Time Lords, right? The the Time Lords are assholes and they're aristocratic assholes. And we know this from Deadly Assassin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so yeah, this would yeah. this could enhance the the sort of the sense of corruption of Gallifreyan society if yeah, would, they yeah. cared <laughs> if yeah, they I would, threw I, in a few I, I would like i would love to see like uh a little more in the backstory of the ronnie mm. here because to your point i think it alludes to something it doesn't fit and i think you could create an interesting political yarn mm. about the the ronnie um possibly like her family or whatever owed favors from the high council and so she gets like the rolls royce of exiles you know yeah. of, of exile sentences and you know gets her own planet access to a tardis just kind of try not to make too many waves in the web of time yeah and you'll be fine just stay off gallifrey um you know that that's that's interesting whereas someone who's like like a doctor who is more of a commoner you know came from a barn or whatever mm-hmm. in the rural gallifrey mm-hmm. um gets smacked around a little more uh, i like that <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? That that should uh, make him uh, a bit more, <laughs> perhaps a bit more um, sensitive towards the um, the luddites. Uh, right. Yeah, the uh, luddites do not come out of this looking good. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you smash a few wool looms, and look what happens. Everyone, you know, is still attacking you on the BBC two hundred years later. Um, no, you know, they, obviously the. <laughs> That the the Luddites probably the, one of the first things we should discuss here, yeah. right? In is it time? Of... It's t- is it time for history corner? Oh, I think it is. Oh, you know there are going to be four history corners. <laughs> I think it's right, only appropriate. <laughs> Here's the Luddite one. I hear there were some issues with the accuracy of yes, <laughs> yes, some of this. Yeah, so so the idea is, I mean, it's kind of sort of so so the show is kind of insulting to working class Britain in a lot of ways. Let's not just talk about that accent, the accents of all of the mm. actors in the southeast who are pretending to be Geordies. Now, uh, this is actually Chris's language corner because I'm going to have to educate <laughs> you on what a Geordie is. A Geordie is someone from the northeast of England, uh, usually around Newcastle. There are two main interpretations of why they're called Geordies. One is the idea that they are they called themselves George's men when Bonnie Prince Charlie was marching south and asked Newcastle if he, if they would join the rebellion mm-hmm. uh, against King George II, and they said, no, we're George's men. Uh, that's one. That's the leading theory. Another theory is George Stevenson. Oh, they have actually okay. given the name to the Geordies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you certainly what, wouldn't guess that there are, <laughs> there are Geordies in this because the accents are hideous. Um, but yeah, secondly, the notion that... Um, being deprived of sleep turns you into right. a luddite. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a stretch, but I, I didn't hate it in that the it cheapens um, 
actual Luddites, right? Because mm. these people are just super violent, and then they're essentially steered a bit by the master, like, oh, go wreck some equipment, because mm. that's, that's what you should be mad about. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, let's do that. So it's kind <laughs> of like, you know, there's no real, like, plan here. <laughs> they, <laughs> in, in, they really are just, just oafs, aren't they? And, and, and right. the Doctor's basically on, on the side of, you know, uh, machinery, and yay, taking away jobs, you know. Uh, which you know, th- and this is 1985, <laughs> right? This is 1985. This is right after the uh, the miners' strike, uh, oh, the major miners' okay. strike. Yeah. So you know the the question of like you know machines taking away jobs was very much on everyone's minds. Uh, yeah. It was happening in our profession in journalism in in Wapping, where Rupert Murdoch had uh, defied the print unions by well. allowing journalists to use computers imagine that be right oh my god such an evil <laughs> evil development but no yeah. and I, they're actually probably on the verge of another big yeah. change where ai start writing stories <laughs> for us. Uh, it's already started happening so oh, yeah. Uh, yeah there'll there'll be riots then i'm sure but yes actually the, the show <laughs> well, is sort of the show riots does get one thing right about luddites amazingly okay accidentally pip jane baker actually get some things right and um, one of them is that uh Luddites did not operate in the north of England. It was much more of a southern, oh, southern okay. phenomenon. So uh, I think there is one line that Colin Baker throws in there, like the Luddites weren't supposed to be this farther north or something like that. Hmm. Um, so good for him. Um, but yeah, so, okay. Should, should we get the other history corners out let's of the way? Let's do it. Because, well, let's let's do a little more background on the history of this. So yeah. there was, there, we mentioned there's a ton of location shooting for yep. this uh episode and it's because there was basically a fit a free film crew that mm. the bbc had licensed with nothing to do they were mm. already paid for and they kind of went around and said hey we've got a film crew that's sort of on the at this location or around this location does anyone want it and john nathan turner was like yeah man I'll, I'll do that and so he did that and so there was like a ton more um location shooting here and i think there was mm. stuff at uh Ironbridge is that what it's called and there's a yeah. museum there yeah and, the, it's in yeah. Shropshire um which is again is kind of insulting because there's a famous uh museum up here that would have been perfect it's called Beamish open air museum and it is it replicates um a town in 1910 but there are definitely you know Victorian elements in it as well and it would right. it would suit it would totally suit and it's much it's much larger than the area they filmed in uh, looks much more like an actual town, and it would have been a much, much better place to film uh, The Mark of the Rani. And you know what? You could also have had some uh, extras who actually spoke Geordie. Ah. Hey. All right. I can do, I can do me best Geordie accent, if you like. It's it's not great, but I did go. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of failing now. I'm, I'm having the same problem. Luke, is that you? Luke. Oh. Luke. Luke. There's so many Luke... I am your father, kind of moments <laughs> here. Uh, they talk about Luke, and uh, yeah, Luke. Luke's—he's definitely a bit of a hunk, isn't he? He's the hunk of the episode. Very hunky, yeah. Yeah, you would—you would think that uh, Perry, he and Perry, would have had more more chemistry. Yeah, he um, gets a little fondly with Car- Perry oh, when he's a tree. Once he's a tree, <laughs> he's... we didn't talk about that. We talked about the mines, but when he turns into a tree, I got to say, like, uh, they had me up until that. You know, like I'm willing to go with the tree all of a sudden and all that's fine. But when the branch actually moves and it's clearly like this rubber thing, 
it's just like so many things like okay whoa 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 like that no 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 um yeah the fact that the branch is groping perry uh so it just we we go is is it saving her or are there other motivations here i mean you know what i mean like i don't know it was just a coincidence that it kept her from going in the mine and even look, I would have applauded them if they'd had any sense of romance prior to that between mm. Perry and Luke, which could have been built in. And I know it was 1985, and you didn't necessarily go too romantic in Doctor Who back then. You could have had a little bit, a line, a look, maybe mm. give Nicola Bryant someone to act against who isn't Colin Baker. Right. Uh, yeah. Isn't is also isn't a uh, Viking king from the future. In some distant <laughs> galaxy, um, oh, I am blessed. She, she can, yeah, yeah. She can pick them. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the there was tons of location shooting. Um, so generally, though, like putting aside the that they could have done a better location and probably done better mm. with the accents, I thought the show that the episode itself looked great. I mean, it was convincing, right? Like even when I was sitting down with Jack with this, like right off the bat, he was like, "When is this?" I'm, I'm guessing 1800s. And mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. dead on. In fact, there's some debate about exactly what year this is supposed to be set in. Yeah, uh, that's they the never, thing. <laughs> they never say on screen, and and yeah, there's there's a there's no year that that even that works. There's, there's a lot of contradictions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the inventors they mentioned was in jail uh, at, at a certain point. Right. Uh, I've already already mentioned Humphrey Davy couldn't possibly be there have been there because of the dispute over the. The mining lamps, which persisted till the day they died. It was also like um, I guess Lord Ravensworth was referred to as Lord Ravensworth historically, even though Baron he wasn't always yeah. a lord. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that, that got confusing about when, not not necessarily just for us, but for Pip and Jane Baker when they were trying to sort of figure out what year. And luckily, they never said. Hmm. So it's it's a little bit almost like the unit problem, like. We don't actually say what year because there is no good year. Um, so it's anywhere from I think the eighteen tens uh, mm. to mm-hmm. like the eighteen forties. Yeah, um, and the uh, and probably on the earlier side of that, I think is the only one that makes sense mm. with all the inventors. It's like the consensus, um, yeah. But there's there's also you know it's hard to make it before eighteen fifteen Battle of Waterloo because uh, as many historians and Doctor Who fans have pointed out when discussing the Mark of the Rani. Uh, the atmosphere in Britain uh, prior to Napoleon being fully, properly exiled uh, was one of intense paranoia uh, in which a uh, a man in a multicolored frock coat uh, <laughs> would certainly have been arrested as a French spy, probably strung up, uh, you know, before he'd gotten two steps, never mind, you know, uh, running into faux Luddites who uh, snapped bath towels at each other. At one point, it's another really weird thing they do. Yeah, it was. What was that about? (laughs) Well, here's my guess. I mean, I thought to me, I thought there was a continuity error there because the doctor later says like those men were clean, right? Mm. That's how he knew they came from the bathhouse. Uh, But the Ronnie gassed them before they had a bath. Yeah. Right. So, do they have a bath after they're like you know get the brain fluid extracted and I guess. It's a very violent bath with a lot of <laughs> towel snapping. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, that's yeah. the only thing I could kind of figure out on like why that was going on. But I guess yeah, I'm trying yeah. to show why you know these guys are kind of losing it. By the way, while we're talking about the Ronnie's bathhouse, the the fact that she she has a Turner 
a Turner screen, as in uh, the the famous artist. Oh, okay. Who, who the doctor says too passionate for the Ronnie's tastes. Uh, mm. So the doctor's an art critic. Okay, the Ronnie's <laughs> allowed to like what she likes. Come on. Uh, but then this is a Turner of appears to be of Krakatoa or something. Like there's a volcano in the background, and that's where mustard gas comes out. There right. Was, yeah. Again, there was no need to mention this in the summary. But but let's just have a let's have Chris's chemical corner, and let's <laughs> let's say kids, if you're tempted to release mustard gas on your enemies, please don't, uh, because you cannot <laughs> just get out of it. it. Things will go badly, and if you're tempted to replicate this episode, things will go badly. Uh, the Doctor and Perry would not be saved by just putting on a gas mask. Oh, really? It, it burns your skin. Mm. It's a nerve agent. It's nasty, nasty stuff. And if they'd open the windows, uh, as they as they do to disperse the gas, first of all, it wouldn't disperse that quickly. Secondly, it would, you know, cause the same problem: burning skin and you know, uh, destroy the breathing. The whole village. Yeah, basically. So, yeah, it's yeah. like you know, this is there's a reason this was a, a weapon of war. Yeah, you know, like it, it actually does work outside. <laughs> it's not like yeah. COVID, you know, where it's all right now. I'm fine, but outside. I mean, it's kind of, kind of appropriate to the version of the Ronnie who just shoots two of her servants, uh, right? Because they're kind yeah. of getting in the way, uh, but not not really appropriate uh, to uh, you know the the sort of the image of the Ronnie as a cool, calculating villain. Right. Agreed. Um, so I think the the research on the mustard gas not so good. I guess you could argue it was maybe sort of a mild version of it. But mm. I was always like, why doesn't Perry just run out the door? Like the mm. second that happens, and the doctor too, because they never yeah. actually lock the door, and they're just kind of there, and arguably, like you know, she's there to she doesn't want to abandon the doctor, but like the doctor could go, like you have two legs, dude, like just run. <laughs> what are you doing? People just don't think of this. And and while we're talking about the doctor and Perry, I mean, it really has to be said, their their chemistry was not great in the Mysterious Planet, uh, or um, in Attack of the Cybermen. The doctor and Perry. Yeah, yeah, like the the, the I chemistry. Thought, I thought Mysterious Planet was okay. It was it was okay. Yeah, it it definitely grown. Compared to this, <laughs> I mean, they, they they are like you know the Doctor and Rose in those other stories. Like here, yeah. you're just like, why the hell are you two traveling together? He snaps at her a lot, and honestly, like this is another thing. Jack, <laughs> he, Jack's very honest about things. It's like mm. Perry's useless. Like he mm. said it at least once or twice, where you know she is trying to wheel um, the doctor. Like she, she finds the doctor captured right by the Ronnie mm -hmm. in the bathhouse and he's tied down and the doctor insists, like get him out of here. The, the, the other person mm -hmm. um, doctor, obviously, you know, being very noble wants to save the innocent life and she wheels him out halfway, but the doc, the master and the Ronnie come in. They haven't seen Perry yet. And she just kind of stands there like, mm -hmm. Oh, no, you don't want to like duck down. You don't want to hide. You don't want to like, do something it's just like oh okay and suddenly you know she's captured too um though nice little bit where the master wants to take revenge on her for planet of fire funny yeah. that they decided to reference it there <laughs> yeah and not in actually how he got out um but anyway <laughs> we've already talked about that yeah but uh, she also doesn't she also she lets go of the the doctor's right uh uh gurney Right, which is so yeah, yeah. that's that's your episode one cliffhanger. Well, yeah. and she gets overpowered by them at the end when she's trying to hold them uh, hostage with the tissue compression eliminator. Mm. You know, and it's a wonder they don't kill her right then and there. Yeah, but, uh, the Ronnie um, fools her. 
Yeah, and the, but the only thing she trick. does, only thing she does actively is try to get the sedative, the herbs mm. for the the sedative. Um, but even that ends up being not helpful. You know, like it, they, who knows if it's going to work on people with this chemical, and uh, it just becomes moot because they get the chemical back. So. Yeah. Uh, she she doesn't do anything. She doesn't do anything in this episode. She kind of yeah. wanders around, tries to help the doctor. The doctor's already doesn't need the yeah. help or whatever. And, and, and she lets just, go of his trolley, bad. and he careens yeah. down a hill. And and that is so such a laughable cliffhanger. By the way, it, you sort of see him heading oh, yeah. towards the mine shaft. But it's just the, the the comedy of it. Like this is this is Buster Keaton stuff, right? Mm-hmm. There was a British comedy around this time called Less Than Summer Wine, which had a very very similar scene in it of one of the lead actors careening downhill while an audience screams with laughter. Um, you know, it's repeated on British television ad nauseam that episode. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't, it, it's just like, why would you put it in a dramatic context? Why would you even think to put that in, in Doctor Who and not have people laugh at it? Not even have people point and laugh. Um, you know, this, this might be a, a good segue into uh, my attack on Britbox. Because we have said we have said to Britbox that you 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 uh, you do need to uh, sponsor us, uh, Britbox. Uh, otherwise, we <laughs> might stop say... saying their name because they basically <laughs> already do. The, oh, the service that may not oh. be named. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I can't access my Britbox account in the UK. I I pay a monthly fee to to Britbox, like any decent Doctor Who fan uh, has to if they want to watch the classic <laughs> show. Um, don't be and, indecent, uh, everybody. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I, here in the UK, my account doesn't work. I would have had to have signed up for an extra account. Um, and you and I put, talked about this uh, right. during the last couple of weeks, Pete. And, well, uh, I got, I got I, three words for you. VPN? VPN, yes. Yeah, you stole, my, uh, you stole I, my line, bro. <laughs> John Pertwee? <laughs> Talk about how your teeth and curls are who you became? Oh, dear. Um Sorry about that. Uh, no, right. I, I I decided that it was just like it was not worth it for the mark of the runny. Right. Uh, I could also <laughs> sign up for, like a free week, so even a free subscription, a free week of British Britbox could probably have swung that. But for the mark of the runny, no. Um, so how I, how I watch this, I'm just going to keep this real. I'm going to keep it 100. Um, how I watch this was on Daily Motion. Uh, oh, you wow. can often. You can often find uh, bootleg Doctor Who episodes on Daily Motion. Uh, you can also find what I found for the first episode, which was the G O W I edit, uh, which stands for "Get On with It." Uh, mm. <laughs> it's an edit that basically cuts five minutes out of, uh, of Doctor Who episodes, and in wow, this case, only five. Only five. <laughs> uh, only cut five out of the first episode of Mark of the Run. It was amazing. There's so much more potential. Um, so, uh, obviously I haven't missed anything by watching that version. Um, but also they put it in like a sepia tone, black and white. Uh, I don't know oh. if that was to evade the, the BBC cops, uh, or the Britbox cops or whatever, but it Sounds actually, yeah. it was, that's exactly my thought. It was so apt, especially for that cliffhanger. Because it made it look like a night something from the 1910s, like a silent movie. <laughs> that those are the vibes I got, and even then, I was thought it was like, "Well, is, is this Buster Keaton? You know, is this Charlie Chaplin?" You get the like, uh, yeah, the, the piano. Then it would like cut to the caption. Yeah, and the piano goes, you know, the minor chord at the bottom of the piano as the doctor careens down the hill. 
yeah, I mean, that's sort of the level that we're playing at here. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's utterly ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, you think about the things they could have chosen, right? Like someone maybe getting, you know, Perry getting her brain fluid extracted, which never really happens mm-hmm, or anything, mm-hmm. or just actual peril you could have um, put in there or something to do with Luke, because there's a couple times he nearly gets violent. Um, mm. All of that, I think that Luke, the Luke stuff doesn't actually happen in episode two, but, you know, there, there, were, there were other things, and they, they went for this. Um, with this, anything to do with the Luddites, unfortunately, I think just feels a little cartoony because we know yeah. they're not the bad guys. We also know they're not bad guys. I mean, they're just they're just kind of zombies, you know. They're just kind of like kicking things over, and they're not even that scary yeah. zombies, right? They're not even murderers or anything. They, um, they, they're the Keystone Luddites again, appropriately enough for the, for the black and white version. Yeah, yeah, it's just silliness. Um. So I, I will say, like, this is why I think episode two is very much the superior episode because totally. you get to see the Ronnie in kind of her glory, and uh, there's there's just sort of more, you know, the, the mines are happening. Uh, there's more going on. You actually see the Ronnie's TARDIS, um, which is cool. Um, yeah, you, you actually you meet George Stevenson in and episode you, two. Yeah, <laughs> and you finally meet George Stevenson and Luke, so the, all the characters are in full display. Like episode two is definitely. I hope there wasn't too many too much time cut out of that one. Yeah. Um, in your yeah, get, get on it, with it. But, I I actually there's actually the full episode two up there on Daily yeah. Motion. Uh, oops, sorry, sorry, whoever posted that. Uh, you're probably going to have the <laughs> Britbox cops on you. Uh, but yeah, let that be a warning to you, Britbox. Um, yeah, the people are going to find a way around your your weird transatlantic rules. Yeah. Um, How did you like the the Ronnie Starnis the inti- the inside? The inside was very cool. I liked it. Um, and I would have liked uh, the opportunity to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, uh, but for, you know, all those weird embryos around the side, which I guess were uh, Chekhov's embryo. Yeah, Chekhov's dinosaur like, embryo. It's, it's another Chekhov's gun thing, which they, I think they thought they, you know, shot it, basically pulled it off at the end, but they, they don't really, because you never actually see a dinosaur stand up, right? Like, I mean, you never, like, Here's the thing. I love the idea. I love some of the random stuff around the Ronnie where she's like, oh, I, yeah, if you're a time traveler, why wouldn't you just have these super predators ready sure. to deploy wherever you want them? You know, because it's like that, that'd be a handy thing to have. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. It's kind of nuts. She just kind of has them in these open air <laughs> containers in her console room, but whatever. That's you know, they, cool. they should have had post regeneration Peter Capaldi do that. You know, because uh, it comes out of the mouth of a dinosaur. It's just had like a whole right. episode, just deep breath. He's just feeding dinosaur embryos yeah. in the control room. It's a nice so, callback. So that's fine. Uh, again, like her, I think her TARDIS looks awesome. I'm, it's, I'm really sad we we never really see it again. Um, yeah. That that's sad anyway. But um, the uh, the T Rex thing when they they start to hatch at the end, there's there's it's just all implied. They don't even try to do. Uh, a real special effect of a dinosaur sort of, you know, standing up and really mm. threatening them. It's just this bigger doll they get that sort of grows real quick, but it never moves. It never does anything. And that that is definitely an effect that the, of all the effects that are dated, like this is probably the, the, the biggest one because, you know, post Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, you're just kind of like, I know this is a completely different time, a completely different mm. budget, but at least in Invasion of the Dinosaurs, they tried, right? They actually had, I, I think, it probably some stop motion stuff or whatever. But here they just they're just kind of like throw a doll on the floor and think, okay, that's that's threatening, I guess. It's like, oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> come on. 
Yeah, so yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to harp on Mark Leroni for too long. It is is kind of you know kind of famously a uh, a, a bit of a mess. Um, and, well, you know. like I say, I think I think there's good stuff here in the master and the Ronnie. Like both yeah. of them together are produce some of the best lines. And I will say beyond even just this story, the Ronnie making fun of the master's obsession with the doctor is one of the best mm-hmm. lines in the show itself. Right? Like she's. Mm-hmm. She's basically just like, uh, I forget what she says. I was like, it's not even really like the the, the line itself isn't particularly clever, but he's like, uh, I forget what he says, but you know what what I'm all about. She says, oh yeah, you destroy the doctor. She almost does air quotes, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, I I get it. That's your thing. She doesn't take any of the master's shit, uh, which is fantastic. And which which is what immediately reduces him to a bit player because he's got no snappy comeback. Yeah. It's just kind of like you're obsessed it, with this dude and you're lame and all you have on me is that you stole my brain fluid. Yeah. Like, otherwise I really don't have any respect for you. Yeah, um, totally. So, yeah, that yeah. all works and Kate O'Mara's great. Um, you know, every time, like, like the thing is, she she is very good for someone who's playing a cold person. Mm-hmm. I, her, her performance is has the right beats of emotion to it. Like, especially when she's frustrated at the master and like she he steals her like uh maggots that are yeah. brain controlling or whatever and she's i was offering you just one not the lots and you know her uh delight about the mines we talked about earlier and obviously all this stuff like when they're bickering at each other in the tardis when it's malfunctioning mm-hmm. really really good <laughs> you asked tonight Cretan, what do you think i'm trying to do <laughs> like, yes the, the, i like that the doctor has messed with her tardis and i like that the the biggest, the most sci-fi thing they could imagine in the mid-80s was a remote control TARDIS. <laughs> you finally cracked it. A remote control for a TARDIS? That's crazy. Yeah, and um, it's just so, like, mundane now. <laughs> yeah. Like, the remote control of the TARDIS, it's like, oh, that's just kind of a given. Like We we talked about this in we were Genesis of the Daleks, the, the idea that voice control is seen as a, you know, huge technological step forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that, and and remote control is in this. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's a bit bizarre. Like snapping the fingers—that's that's the upgrade. Mm. In the in yeah. that we were waiting for, and we got that. Although we talked about that at the time, and uh, mm. forced you know dead, what? just sort of you know randomly being, gets a feature gets added. But anyway, what you know what would have been great in here—a uh, a great way to uh, not only save Mark of the Rony, but also save classic Doctor Who. I don't think it would have gone off the air, is have Perry die in this episode when when the mm. Rani is leading her out of the minefield and somehow make the Rani the Doctor's new companion. Oh, wow. That would be yeah. weird. The companion, though? Would or you like not in, watch in the, sort the of this... hell out of that, though? I would watch it, for sure. And I think her and Colin Baker... Um, mm. they they do well together, and I would have loved to see more of that. Yeah, exactly. Like the master's just there, right? They're like, getting in each other's space, and her, her, and um, him and him and the Ronnie, and it's less of an episode for it. Like you just kind of want to see Colin Baker dealing with this person who's a uh, his equal, but not obsessed with him, uh, in, in this rivalry, mm. and sort of has to do this um different thing with her. Yeah. Um, but I guess you would sort of you could sort of see that as like remember the Capaldi Missy season where she's in the vault? Maybe it's something along mm. the lines of that as 
the Ronnie being like this anti this thing this person needs to train. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that that sounds really intriguing to me. Yeah, yeah, yes, uh, right, right. I mean, you know, way beyond uh, the imagination of Pippa Jane Baker, apparently, to to or uh, JNT, I guess, at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be up, it would be but, very uh, bold. Uh, I don't know if you and Kelly yeah. Perry. I mean, they would. I don't. You know, they uh, arguably they do do it. Okay, you know, the following season, even though they kind of reverse <laughs> it, but. Um, Killing they, could, they could be like, she's not dead. She's she's actually a tree. It's fine. <laughs> you could reverse it. Maybe you could reverse it. Yeah. Uh, could happen. Yeah, that that could be like the whole subplot of of the next season. Like, just you know, have uh, the the Doctor forcing the Rani to search around the universe for some way to reverse this thing. Turn mm. you know, turn into a tree. But yeah, Colin Baker never looks uh, more like a barrister, like the barrister that he trained to be, the lawyer that he trained to be. Than, than he does in this episode mm. right it's it's just he's he's so and and that's i, I think the reason why he and perry don't work uh really? you know uh quite apart from you know the other reasons why they don't work and the, and the bad accent but it's just like he's he's constantly demolishing perry and there's there's no perry yeah. doesn't have enough snappy cut like you know he's he's a master of of words and language and he just sort of sounds slightly arrogant with it all and perry's just like you know it's like you know yeah. uh, kicking a lamb yeah perry something. doesn't it's just doesn't not... have a lot of good lines in return um yeah. i do like the final line you need which, someone like yeah. kate omara yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I like the final line as a line uh because when they're like what do you mm-hmm. guys do in that box and she's like argue mainly it's funny it's it's a laugh out loud <laughs> line and it's true um it's just yeah she you <laughs> it does like... it did it did um it did make me realize that line that uh <laughs> it is you know from from george stevenson and lord ravensworth's perspective in that in that moment uh <laughs> it is uh a a man and a uh his his bonnie lass as she's called at one point <laughs> uh is bonnie getting into a box together they don't know that it's larger on the inside just yeah. <laughs> like, excuse me, sir. Must you, must you do that now, sir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the oh, young lady's so not even married. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, but you yeah, definitely feel they, like they argue mostly. The only reason Perry is with him is because she's worried about him, uh, to some extent, mm. right? Like he's going to get into trouble. And yeah, his, and his and she's she's looking attitude. for. Yeah. Yeah, she's really looking for a, for a cheap ride to Kew Gardens, apparently the start of this episode yeah um, kind of yeah, weird and gets know. her in that outfit which is you know apparently i mean i will say it is one of the few times perry's sort of covered up in the in her first season um <laughs> but it's just so bad and I, honestly I, I was listening to the commentary nicola bryant didn't like the outfit either she just thought it was really unflattering and just looked ridiculous yeah. um you know uh it, and it just <laughs> it's almost not even like a period thing i mean it, it i guess it is but it's not she just looks really out of place there like okay like what yeah uh, it, maybe that's maybe it's more 18th century i don't know uh but it, it it does not work but and how come nobody mentions her american accent right, right. i mean that's like i guess they, you know, they like, would know what an american sounds like maybe yeah, someone could have at least mentioned it, right? 
and just like, mm, how did mm. when did you come over on the what boat did you come in on? Why why are you here? Et yep. Uh, hanging with yep. the doctor. Obviously. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so okay, we we have a number of things uh, that we need to uh, sort out about this episode mm. that we always. Uh, sort out about about Doctor Who stories, and uh, the first, the question which we've sort of answered uh, up until now, which is why did the randomizer take us here? Yeah. Um, well, my theory on this is it gives us a little bit of you know we we can reevaluate Colin Baker's first season like the same way we did with Attack of the Cybermen, which I came away liking a little more, um, and in this case. I probably like it a little less. I do remember really liking this episode. And I actually thought it was probably my favorite of Colin Baker's first season because it was hmm. it had so many interesting aspects to um, a, a middle schooler, which is what I was at the time, of sort of history and um, the mind control. And, you know, there, there were just a lot of elements that I thought were interesting, plus another Time Lord, which you don't see every day in Doctor Who. Hmm. And but now seeing it again and sort of seeing the mess it is and you know again the Ronnie and the Master really just getting in each other's space. Uh, this is it's not something that is greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, it's probably less. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I think we we've kind of come here straight from the Romans because it is uh, as you you mentioned before kind of close to being a pure historical in mm. in many ways. Uh, although just get so many things wrong and I'll, I'll i'll give you the final portion of chris's history corner which is <laughs> the, the notion is at the end that uh stevenson is about to invent the the rocket right he's got he's got the famous first locomotive there uh which is actually called the locomotive not not the rocket um but never mind that it was actually built by his son uh okay. robert stevenson who isn't even mentioned here um and yeah george stevenson in general gets gets short shrift uh in this episode you know for, for the doctor saying would you like to meet a genius you know uh we're sort of set up to believe that we're really going to meet stevenson and uh, meet him as a as a memorable character uh, yeah really what does he even do other than that much about of, him he sort of saves the doctor at the beginning of episode two and does he do anything else that matters to the story yeah, not really. <laughs> not really. He's just sort of fiddling with a gasket at the end. The doctor's like, oh, you're going to figure that out soon enough. Uh, but yeah, Stevenson had a very interesting hard scrabble life. Like he was rags to riches tale. Uh, you know, he was in demand railways around the world. He invented the, the gauge that we still use for railways today. Um, you know, he deserves better than this. And he yeah. could have been given. And there are just so many more interesting facets of his, his tale. Um, that that could have been told here by Doctor Who, and and would have been like you you could imagine this almost as a Chris Chibnall episode, right? Where, right. Yeah. You know, get a a bit sort of like uh, more didactically historical. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of get um, similar vibes, I guess, from like Demons of the Punjab and a yeah. couple other ones where you know even the uh, haunting of uh, Villa di Adati, um, that yeah. sort of intersection with something real and yeah yeah exactly yeah. so so that yeah you know kids kids could have learned a little bit about uh, a great great northern hero is much revered in this part of the world uh, uh, so it's a shame that they weren't anyway uh but the randomizer i think that's the connection to the romans um you know and then uh we yeah. <laughs> the randomizer does also love as we know to take me to episodes uh where 
there's 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 TARDIS action mid story, <laughs> and uh, here the TARDIS gets thrown down a mine shaft, right, and is retrieved without without a, even a speck of coal dust on it for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess they hosed it the down. Right? TARDIS. So it's sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Ronnie side, so you know, there's there's a continuous uh, theme here. Like the the uh, the randomizer is generous about it's showing showing me bits of the TARDIS, um, you know, mid mid story. And oh, that the master does an excellent sketch of the police box, don't you think? Yeah, it's it's part like a photocopy. It was like, oh man, let's put yeah. get that in one of those Andrew Skilleter <laughs> art uh, collections. <laughs> that definitely should be preserved. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder really? if they did anything with it. What if that was ever auctioned you, you off? Really, uh, there would have been a great place for a flashback of like the master in the TARDIS at, in his TARDIS at night, just sitting there drawing endless sketches of the Doctor's TARDIS, like you know, <laughs> with hearts around it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got to put it up on his dartboard, you know. Like, yeah, I think oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a requisite thing for all Doctor Who villains. You have some memorabilia of the TARDIS available to. Uh, destroy or test something on because like the Daleks and Death of the Daleks have, apparently have a model TARDIS in every one of yeah. their ships to test you know weaponry on because uh, that's <laughs> you know that's just what you do <laughs> got to encourage hatred of the Doctor yes alright <clears throat> anyway, so the next we, question is yeah. <laughs> what if the evil what plot the had evil succeeded, plot succeeded? <laughs> I hope we're in sync when I put that together um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, I think. So I think it's basically the master and the Ronnie that if once you sort of probe it, you know, the evil plot is that he uses the earth as a platform for conquest. I think those are some words to that effect that he uses. And mm. he says, this is in your interest, Ronnie, because now you can just set up shop here wherever you want and you never have to worry about sneaking around. And so well, only thing in their way, of course, is the doctor. So they have to kill the doctor. And here's where I think they should have and where I think it's another plot hole that just doesn't ring true and actually didn't even ring true when I saw it the first time, I think, where the doctor has the tissue compression eliminator and he's, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's knocked it out of the master's hands and he's pointing it at them. And he's like, do what I want, do, do what I say, or I'm going to use it. No, you're not. Don't, doesn't the master at least know him well enough I... that he's not going to do that? Like, and... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why they don't just walk away or just grab it from him or whatever, because it's like, you're not going to do that. You're not a murderer. Um, yeah. Even though, you know, you could argue back and forth about the time war or whatever, but it is, it is one of those things that just never rang true to me. Like, why don't they just say, Oh, come on. No, you're because, because the master has done this, you know, like in the time monster, yeah. you know, like th this is exactly the same thing where <clears throat> he was like, I'm going to ram my TARDIS into yours and kill us all. And the master's like, you know what? Go ahead, do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, make my make my day, make my day, punk. I mean, it's a bluff. So if they simply call the bluff in that mm. scene, he's powerless. He's dead. Matt parries a tree, and they win. <laughs> that's the that's you know, and the, 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 it's never <laughs> convincingly done so that it is uh, comes out any other way. Even though obviously it comes out another way. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm going to refer back to my uh, previous um, what if the evil plot succeeded notion that uh, you know the uh, the Doctor and the Ronnie end up as companions. Uh, huh. Yeah, yeah. So the evil plot being then uh, Perry, her, her destroying Perry, Perry with the with the tree mines, which right. 
you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a certain segment of fandom that's kind of on, on her side for destroying Perry. <laughs> um, you know, Nicole uh, Bryant is lovely and she's been yeah. great in the big finishes. Yes, she, she has, yeah. um, you know, don't want to say a word against her. I still feel sorry for, for being saddled with that accent, but you know, she'll, she'll always have the caves of Andrazani. We can't take that one away yes. from that. It's just, Totally. Every other one, she kind of seems weirdly out of place. Uh, you know, I, th- I think she was okay in her debut. I have to, <laughs> mm. I have to look back on <laughs> Planet of Fire, which again will be upload mm. to YouTube in a few days hey. after this goes up. Good, good segue. <laughs> and it, it, that another randomizer reason, right? It, it brought us back around to Planet of Fire. Oh, that's true. Uh, oh, man, all these randomizer yeah. reasons. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so next yep. question. Where is the Clara Splinter? I was thinking about this, and it's there's probably plenty of plot holes, and that that she could fill in. I thought about how she might be able to fill in the one about the bathhouse, but that's where I went with that. I didn't <laughs> let go, and so I'm gonna say, like you know, again, another thing that never pays off is the meeting of all the geniuses. I got to think she it must be the incompetent event o- organizer. <laughs> for uh, Faraday and Davy and everyone else, she just can't get them to this village on time because she doesn't know what she's doing. Or as as Clara, she's just intentionally making sure they never make it there so their lives aren't in danger. Going with yep, that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think that's 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 good enough. It's sort of hard to figure out how you could explain all the plot holes with, with just one Clara splinter. Um but uh, I don't know. I, I mean, there, there is that weird thing, sort of the, the, the cliffhanger of episode one uh, ends with a thing that, that we, it's kind of a cheat that we didn't see it at the end of episode one, right? Where George Stevenson sort of raises the the, the barrier in front of the mine at the last minute. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, there, there was like going to be a see... switch, but they didn't have the right track yeah. for it, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so maybe she's there alerting uh, George Stevenson to to the need to do this. I don't know why. Why did it just sort of happen? To yeah, be why? That? I don't know. We yeah. found it out. Maybe she like yeah, yeah. sent sent, sent word from where maybe. her bread making <laughs> nook that the bread's ready or something. I yeah. don't know. Or maybe she's uh, in in the Ronnie's youth, getting her interested in T Rexes. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that maybe that's the thing where uh, maybe she's a paleontologist somewhere where the the Ronnie was last time and talked about some yeah. prehistoric find where there was just this great T-Rex nest in this section of Montana yeah. or wherever, Mongolia. And it, it's just incredible. And there's so yeah. many. It was, it was like eggs all over the place. Um, yeah but you know the thing you got to do you got to put you got to put uh, miracle grow on the embryos um <laughs> as much as possible don't don't forget yep. that and make sure don't they're forget. exposed That's to air the yeah, every, every day yeah yeah exactly in in a very very light glass uh jar <laughs> with an open top yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i like that yeah all right steering into yeah. the t-rexes all right. Ultimately, we got to give a final word on this episode, though. So, what do you think, Chris? Is this a Dalek? Is it an Ogron or a banger? Perhaps a Viscount banger. I don't think it's that, though. 
I, th I think it's a it's a Lord Ravensworth banger. No, no, um, <laughs> it's a. <laughs> it is not. It is not. It is, it is obviously. <laughs> it is obviously an ogron. It's a knuckle dragging yeah. ogron. It's an ogron that's sort of uh, changing what it's about every five seconds and looking ridiculous uh, with it, and uh, also an ogron that, that's turning itself into a tree with a gropey arm. Yeah, I'd say it's an Ogron, but I think it's an Ogron with some interesting hobbies. You know, like, it's basically an Ogron that, you know, you if you stop and talk to it for a few minutes, it's like, oh, you know what? You actually have kind of a deep life and are really obsessed about a couple of things. Um, not, you know, not that that's going to serve you that well in your chosen profession as a goon for the Daleks, but I'm glad you do, and uh, I, you know, I'll chat about them with you if I ever see you again, Ogron, but, you know, I'm not actually going out of my way to do that. <laughs> That's my review. Uh, yep. Short of Mark of the Rye. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, it, it right. is time, I think. It is time, isn't it? It is time to do it, to, to, to leave Killingsworth in mm -hmm. the indeterminate early 19th century and go where? How Somewhere are we else in time and space. Yeah. Well, we're going to decide this by activating our randomizer. The TARDIS randomizer for pull to open. That's right. We are going to pick the next episode. The randomizer, as uh, listeners know, consists of two components. The codex, mm -hmm. which is essentially the navigation for the randomizer. It takes all the episodes of Doctor Who, numbers them in order. Well, all the, all the stories. And there are, in fact, 300 now that Legend of the Sea Devils has been broadcast and watched by Chris. Um, we have 300 episodes and we yep. need to use the codex to activate the executor, uh, yes. which is, uh, random.org yeah, built by random.org, yeah. random.org, uh, which uses atmospheric noise to determine the true random number. In our case, it's a random number between one and 300. Um, so, uh, Pete, we've, we've retrieved our, uh, TARDIS from the bottom of the mine shaft. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think I think uh, instead of arguing mostly in there, we should get in there and determine where we're going next. So do you want to give me we a should. countdown? Well, I'd give you a countdown, or should we give the randomizer a challenge? I mean, it's oh, been a month. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you think I would have thought yeah. of a good challenge. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I, because level, because I the just... randomizer, because it always does not anything we expect, and certainly nothing we tell it to do, um, I'm just going to go and say, give us something like incredibly long. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Whether it's uh, War Games, I'm say just... you know, Dalek's Master Plan, that's what I'm aiming for, mm -hmm. or maybe mm -hmm. one of those seven, seven episoders. We'll see. But give us one of those and challenge us a bit on time. I'm, I'm going to say, just, just take us to New Who, please. Uh... Yeah, we've been <laughs> take, in classic for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because right. we had Frontios, Claws of Axis, the Romans. Those are the most recent ones. And now we've done Mark yeah. of the Rani. It's been a while. Let's get, let's get on back to the recent stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's see if it listens to either of us. Uh, and Pete, give me a countdown, and I'll, I'll give you the number. The countdown begins at four, three, two, one. Excellent. 54. <laughs> so it's Four. Not it's ignored you. Oh no! Time locked. Terror of the Oddens. Boom! We bounce off Terror of the Oddens. Time Ottens. locked. We are going uh, somewhere I thought, else. 
I thought that sounded familiar. Okay. Yeah, let's try right. again. One Another more countdown. countdown. This time, yep. we'll shave off a second. Three, two, one. Geronimo! 114. Oh, still not we are still in Classic Who, but we have arrived at Logopolis. <gasps> oh, my. Oh, my gosh. More okay. Okay. Anthony Ainley as the master. This is his first yeah. appearance, not first as the master, but the first full-on story with him as the master. So, because he briefly appeared indeed, as the master at the indeed. end of Keeper and... of Trocket, as we talked about. Yeah. And a wow. long time pull to open listeners know how much I, I love Logopolis. Uh, I've mentioned it several times. In, indeed, even in reference to Legend of the Sea Devils. Yeah. Uh, this is right? interesting. This, this, this is our, is it our second regeneration episode? Because we did, we did mm, the 10th, 10th planet. planet. Yeah. And I don't think we've done another one. Yeah. Unless this you is, count Day is... of the Doctor. Right. You could count Day of the Doctor. That's true. Um, barely, but no, I think in Ish. terms of official regeneration episodes, this is this is our second one. Yeah, wow, big one too, Tom Baker. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into that. And yeah, digging into that meal. I've been waiting, kind of my entire life to uh, to talk at length about Legopolis with anyone yeah. who will listen. So uh, <laughs> yeah, look forward to doing that. There is a lot going on. With you. And, yeah, this is a lot of interesting things in Legopolis and. It's got some of that Christopher H. Bidmead magic that, uh, you know, putting putting concepts that you might not otherwise think about into a story. And I think, uh, as I recall, a good chunk of it works. We'll see if it still works, though. It doesn't mm. hold up here in 2022. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you will know the next time you come and listen to us, uh, because that's what we're going to be talking about. This is it for this episode, though, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Pull to Open, the podcast. Hey, it's a podcast. It is something you might actually want to subscribe to if you haven't done that already. Go ahead and tap it in your app or go ahead and, you know, there's a little, I think it's a bell. <laughs> it should really be on our own YouTube channel. There's a way to, there's a subscribe button. There's a like and subscribe and the bell is for notifications. That's how it works, guys. Do that. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Turn on the notifications. Um, go ahead and leave a review. Leaving reviews is good and healthy and might actually get you a prize. Uh, reviews are great on the Apple store, but feel free to leave them wherever you want. And we're never telling you what to write. We'd love to hear from you no matter what you think, but we do have a special place in our heart for those five-star reviews. So uh, feel free to leave one of those. Mm-hmm. Follow us on social media. We're at Twitter and Instagram at pull to open 63 and on TikTok, our most active network at pull to open And that is where we are at. See you next time for Legopolis. Bye. Looking forward to it. Bye, everyone.